welcome to the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop and progress. Today's host is Carla Hill, Contributing Editor. Hello and thank you for tuning into another VitaFoods Insights podcast. Today I'm joined by Felix Alt. Felix is the head of clinical operations at Analyze and Realize, a leading consultancy and clinical research organization within the consumer healthcare space with a strong focus on natural healthcare products. Felix, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me on your podcast. So today we will be digging into a topic which I'm sure is front of mind for a lot of us in the nutraceutical industry, the impact of COVID-19 on clinical research in the consumer healthcare space and the future of clinical research post-pandemic. Over the last year, as we all know, COVID-19 has brought considerable challenges and opportunities to many industries and areas of life and consumer healthcare has been no different. Before we dig deeper into the disruption that the pandemic has caused for the clinical trials and consumers' health, Felix, could you tell us a little bit more about why, in fact, natural health products are increasingly attractive to consumers in COVID-19 times? Sure. Since COVID-19 healthcare is directly linked to immunity, obviously, and since natural carries healthier image, it makes sense for consumers who want to do something for their health to turn to natural health products for self-medication and prevention in times of the pandemic. For example, natural sourced vitamin C, secondary plant substances that are perceived as beneficial, probiotics, traditional cough and cold remedies, such as the botanicals, thyme or curcuma, all these are very attractive at the moment. And so as long as vaccines are not yet available to major parts of the population, it is not surprising that the substantial increase in dietary supplement sales during the pandemic outbreak is also reflected in the natural health product space. So COVID will probably stay with us in some shape or form for the foreseeable future. And people learning that self-care is the most important type of care. And we expect that more and more people are looking now to manage whatever health situation they can on their own. But of course, the natural trend has been going on for a while, actually. And the food supplement space, consumers have been moving more and more away from chemically produced ingredients for about 10 years, I think. And natural products for supporting general well-being are trusted. They are readily accessible and very well tolerated. And at the same time, other ecological considerations such as sustainable sourcing and carbon footprint have emerged. And especially for younger consumers, these points are at the base for their purchasing decision. You spoke a little bit about the future then, but can you tell us a bit more about what you consider to be the impact of this trend on consumers' health clinical research looking forward? Especially regarding the clinical research, the pandemic has boosted quite a lot in the food ingredients market. Um, Examples for such ingredients are vitamins B, C, D, E, and K, but also probiotics and omega-3 fatty acids are seeing an increase. And other conditions related to COVID-19 go beyond immune health. Um, It seems like that coagulation is affected, blood pressure rises, and obesity is a very high risk factor. But also mental health issues are rising, both due to the infection and due to the stressful situation itself. So all these issues raise 
demand for innovative products, which in turn increases demand for clinical research and robust clinical evidence. To give you an example here, the relevance of research on vitamin D in relation to COVID-19 is clearly reflected by the number of clinical trials registered in the clinical trials GOV database that returns 64 hits, for example, in November 2020 for vitamin D and COVID-19. Or another hot topic is researching the role of vitamin C and COVID-19 management with 46 clinical trials on this topic registered on clinical trials GOV in November 2020. So there are a lot of activities going on at the moment. And in many ways, it's really promising to learn that the pandemic has accelerated research, not just, as you say, in immune health, but also kind of across the board in categories from mental performance to weight management. But I think it's fair to say that coronavirus has also placed a tremendous strain on the clinical research enterprise. How would you articulate the way in which the COVID-19 pandemic has affected consumers' health clinical research? Yes, of course, the pandemic has placed a tremendous challenge on the clinical research landscape because hospitals and doctors' offices became overloaded and strict hygiene and distancing rules have to be followed. But even though clinical research, at least for the consumer health, suffered some level of disruption, clinical research organizations have adjusted quite well to the situation. Professional study sites such as Analyze and Realize immediately implemented the necessary adjustments to address challenges and avoid trials being suspended or even stopped. So such measures, for example, include use of telemedicine now and e-diaries for collecting study data at home wherever possible to reduce on-site visits and thus decrease frequency and duration of personal contact between staff and participants. But also, for example, if blood samples are needed, a flying study nurse is sent to participants' home or to reduce movement and direct contact investigational product is mailed directly to subjects' homes. And as far as possible, site monitoring is also done remotely now. So at the current status of the pandemic, I think sponsors and CROs are most likely fully operational with the execution of their clinical trial programs, actually. All clinical trials currently conducted by Analyze and Realize are continuing and appropriate safety measures are in place. Overall, all studies we are running so far, we didn't have any major issues actually with that, beside of all the challenges. So we think that at least professional study sites, so not the general practitioners or hospitals, manage the situation quite well. That's great. It's great to hear how well CROs, clinical research organisations like Analyze and Realize have adapted so well to the environment. Definitely a very strange and abnormal environment for us. And I'm sure that one huge way in which companies have to adapt to this kind of new normal for clinical research is in patient recruitment. What do you think needs to be done to safeguard the recruitment of subjects into trials? This is a very important topic because the most critical element in the clinical trial process is subject recruitment. And of course, subject safety must always be top priority. So the impact of the pandemic on the recruitment process is quite diverse, I would say. On the one hand, participants might be reluctant or due to a lockdown, unable to participate in a study. On the other hand, if they want and are actually eligible, travel restrictions might affect their ability to keep scheduled visitors planned. 
one might even expect that due to the current situation, participants would be hesitant to commit to a study at all. However, and based on our practical experience, once their safety is assured with regards to rules and hygiene and distancing, and with confidence in the operative adjustments, once these are credibly documented and executed, participants' interest to take part in clinical trials has not really changed. And another aspect, in some regions, hospitals or local practitioners allow only critical visits or refuse to take part in trials during the pandemic. Here, as I mentioned before, professional study sites, so-called site management organizations, SMOs, become even more relevant in the context of clinical research because for them, it's much easier to adapt to the constantly changing situation and restrictions. It makes also sense to have contingency plans in place, like to transfer recruitment for trials as an immediate response to less affected regions. But last but not least, the most effective measures to safeguard recruitment, I would say, during the pandemic is to plan studies as virtual as possible. And while we're on the subject of virtual, we've seen kind of across all areas of life that leaning into digital has helped overcome many of the challenges that COVID has posed. Felix, what do you think is the role of digitalization in the new normal for clinical research? How are clinical research organizations leveraging digital technology at the moment? Before December 2019, uh, much of the world had actually already adopted digital and mobile features for everyday life like cashless payments at supermarkets, mobile banking, online shopping, on-demand, video streaming, social networks, and so on. However, the pharma and food industry largely follows the same analog processes it did more than 30 years ago regarding clinical research approaches. So most of clinical trials still require patients to attend many in-person doctor visits. They still rely on patients writing and paper diaries to document symptoms and compliance and recruitment is still often done via primary care physicians and as a result the burden to participate is too high to be more attractive for participants it must be more convenient mainly due to a decentralization approach So the pandemic is leading now to a fast digitalization digitalization transformation in the clinical research space. Those who were once skeptical, uh, I think, of the decentralized study design are now forced to implement or at least think about it. And yeah, if clinical research can be made more convenient for participants via a decentralized model, while simultaneously mitigating some of the risks associated with the pandemic, virtual trials are a very logical approach. And yeah, a decentralized clinical trial platform run from a mobile device can enable and coordinate many of the study-related procedures and assessments that have historically taken place at the clinic or hospital and shift those activities directly into the living room of any eligible person who wants to take part in a trial. But in this regard, I also want to mention, it is important to understand that decentralization does not mean that everything becomes virtual. For sure, sometimes of trials and indications are suitable for full decentralization. But of course, many trials and diseases will still require some in-person visits, for example, for 
radiology procedures, biopsies, endpoints that must be evaluated by trained professionals. So do not stop thinking about decentralized trials because there are in-person visits necessary. I think combining digitalization technology with a network of doctors, nurses, research coordinators and data managers is the key here. So for example, a study participant could visit his or her primary care physician nearby for blood sampling and the doctor sends it then to the central lab to avoid long travel times for the participant to a certain study site. So we at Analyze and Realize propose usually a hybrid model that combines traditional and virtual components. For example, we do on-site screening visits to make sure the subjects are eligible, compliant, and we get to know them. And then, if possible, track all further data by using telehealth visits, e-diaries, online questionnaires, or health trackers. So I think if planning a study now, you should always start with uh, the questions, what is the minimum number of on-site visits really needed? How can on-site visits be supplemented with telehealth visits? How much data can be collected from home through remote monitoring and connected medical devices? And of course, can data be collected accurately at home? Beside of the huge advantages regarding subject recruitment, large amounts of data can now be measured and monitored in real time with connected devices like uh, smart watches, sleep trackers, activity trackers, scales, blood pressure or heart rate monitors, but also mobile health applications and e-diaries. So it is possible now to track the course of symptoms much better, which reflects much better the real life situation of a certain health population. Because in traditional trial settings, there are only few measuring points usually captured during uh, on-site visits, which is a very artificial setting and does not really reflect normal life situation of the population. But this is, of course, what actually matters. So this is part of the patient-centric approach, which does make a lot of sense to me, at least. So I think it really requires a new, fresh way of thinking, because every element of a trial must change in a hybrid or decentralized approach, down to the standard operating procedures that give instructions on how to run such a trial properly. So to sum it up here, I really hope that rather than using decentralized trials as a short-sighted business continuity response to COVID-19, the process will continue because I strongly believe that it can resolve some of the main challenges of clinical research in general, which are studies are way too expensive and take way too long. So this is especially important for the food companies, which cannot pay hundreds of thousands or even millions of euros for a study and wait two to three or four years to get study results. So my personal wish, I would say, is that due to the digitalization, clinical research becomes much cheaper and faster so that much more research can be done. And due to the real-life evidence aspect I touched before, also much more useful information can be generated for patients and consumers. 
I feel like you might have anticipated my next question there, but do you believe that these are trends then that are going to be set to continue post-pandemic when we have somewhat of a normal life, if we can kind of imagine that? Are we going to continue to see this hybrid decentralized model in years to come? I definitely believe it will continue now, the digitalization process, because I strongly believe that the process will continue now. But still, as I mentioned, uh, the pharma and food industry and also the the competent authorities are very slow in this regard. So the pandemic was definitely a, a strong booster, but I'm convinced that it, it will continue now because the advantages are so obvious. Definitely some really exciting and big changes within the space. And overall, to summarize, would you consider that the pandemic has brought more challenge or more opportunity to consumers' health and clinical research? <laughs> Yeah, good questions. I think definitely both. In general, I would say uh, with respect to the digitalization, it's of course a huge opportunity, especially for the consumer health industry, also in combination with the trend we talked before regarding the self-management and prevention and uh, self-care of uh, the growing demand of of self-care products, so to say. If you combine this with digitalization aspects of clinical research, there are huge opportunities for the consumer health industry. But at the same time, of course, obviously, there are a lot of challenges regarding the pandemic, regarding production and the restrictions that are in place right now. Great. Well, thank you so much, Felix, for coming on the show and sharing your really interesting insights with us. And I hope you continue to stay safe during the pandemic. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.